The following opinions expressed within the content are solely the speakers and do not reflect the opinions and beliefs of Child Free Media Limited or its affiliates. Hello, Child Free family and friends, Cody here. Today's presentation on Let's Talk Money is, is episode nine, and we're going to discuss small businesses and side gigs. I'm Cody, the founder of Child Free Family and co-founder for the Child Free Convention. So I'll probably be a little bit of a guinea pig for some of our questions here as far as a, a little side business goes. Um, Child Free Family is a great micro social network made specifically for the child free lifestyle and everyone involved in it. There's a cool map. So basically, if you go and join, you'll get a profile and you'll get a little ping on the map based on your city and you might be able to meet other cool chopper people near you. So today I will be joined by Dr. Jay Zygmunt. Hey, Dr. Jay. Uh, Dr. Jay and his wife are child free. He has a PhD in adult learning from the University of Connecticut and is a certified financial planner. A key thing to note about Dr. Jay is that he is a fiduciary, which means that he must put the needs and interests of his client ahead of himself. And on top of that, he is an advice only and fee only certified financial planner. So in other words, uh, he is paid for his time by his clients. He doesn't make any kickbacks or incentives or commissions from any products that uh, he may mention. And his clients basically pay him for his time to get his advice and they make their own financial decisions. How'd I do on that, Dr. J? How you doing today? That works. Hey, Cody, if, I, if you hear thunder, that's not my stomach. That's the storm outside and the lights flicker. You'll know why. But <laughs> okay. We're in, a, for... we're in a tornado warning. So if I run, you know. I mean, this is live. So uh, I'll just start juggling or something. I don't know what I'll do for entertainment purposes, but we'll we'll just dive into that. So, um, well, today's topic, small businesses and side gigs. Uh, from a child-free standpoint, it's something that we may get to dip our toes in a little bit easier than people who do have a kid or kids just because there's a little bit of freedom involved to what we do. You, you don't have that uh, big inherent risk of, well, if I do this, I'm going to affect many, many lives. It may just be yourself. It may be yourself and uh, your your spouse. Um, so, you know, little little bit of a opportunity there for us child-free people. So with that, uh, we'll just do our quick disclaimer, which is the following views, thoughts, and opinions expressed are for entertainment and educational purposes only. Please seek the assistance of a professional to aid you in your financial decisions. Small business versus side gigs. What do you think, Dr. J? Yeah, I think you're right on, Cody. I mean, I, in my research on child-free wealth, I found that a lot of child-free folks are doing something, you know, mm -hmm. whatever it is, whether they want to, you know, start a cupcake shop or whatever else it is. And some of them are just want to make some good mo extra money. So I think one of the things to keep in mind People use the terms uh, small business side gigs. And to the IRS, there's no difference. Your business. Extra you income. <laughs> yeah. And, and people don't think about it that way. If, if you work for Uber, essentially, they're a marketing arm for you. And your company, they give you a 1099, and you have to run it as a small business. Mm -hmm. But people don't think about that. you know. So what happens is they're going, well, I just picked up a side gig doing X, Y, Z. Well, if you're not getting a W-2 and a paycheck, you're your own business. Uh -huh. That means you have to withhold taxes. You can write off your expenses. That means your insurance needs to be different. We're going to go over all that, but you need to think about it differently. So we're going to talk about small businesses primarily, 
But I want you to keep in mind that a side gig, you are running a small business. Uh-huh. It just happens to be with somebody else marketing or pushing in the direction. And you will be held accountable for the monies made. Uh, the, the, and we're speaking from a, a U.S. standpoint. So Uncle Sam is, is always going to be watching. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've gotten more than my share of calls from people. Hey, I worked for Uber and now I have a $9,000 tax bill. I'm like, because you didn't pay tax across the year. You just took all the money and you're like, well, I didn't know I had to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the IRS does not care. Yeah. And we're going to go more into that when we talk about taxes. Sure thing. So a small business versus a hobby. So I'm going to pick on you first, Cody. Sure. Child-free <laughs> family. Is that a small business or a hobby? It is uh, legally designated as a small business, uh, sole uh, proprietor LLC. But I mean, I would say it's more of a passion project, kind of hobby-esque, whereas I'm putting money into it and I'm not expecting to really get any money out of it. So um, sorry, honey, my wife that's watching this, but that's basically what it boils down to is it's, it's listed as an LLC, but uh, I don't have it structured to be, you know, where I'm, I'm expecting to make money out of it. I really, I just want to do this for the child-free community. So in that sense. So you gave me both answers. <laughs> um, so here, here's, here's the thing. IRS wants to know, do you have a profit motive? Do you? I mean, if it makes money, that that's fine. I'll just end up pouring it back into the business anyway. But yeah, I mean, is it anything I'm going to go and, you know, buy a yacht with? No. <laughs> it doesn't matter how much money you make. Yeah. The question is, do you have a profit motive? And mm-hmm. this is very important because a hobby is just an expense. A small business, you can actually write off things. You can do different things. But the thing the IRS understands is not all businesses make money and they don't all make money every year. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is, look, I want to make money, but you know, I don't need a whole lot extra. Mm-hmm. And I think the hard part is people start like mixing these two. And some people try to um, pull a fast one on IRS. Um, oh, my hobby is a business. Mm-hmm. You know, so the example I used, and um, I uh, will share a blog post on this, but, you know, hey, I like boating. Mm-hmm. Boating's a hobby. If I decide to rent out my boat for charters, mm-hmm. that's a small business. What happens is if I just have a boat, that's just, you know, we, what we look at as a boat shaped hole, you throw money into, you know, in the water. It just, that's what they say. <laughs> boat stands for bring on another thousand. Um, it's not a great financial. And I don't get to write off my taxes. If I do it as a business, first of all, I have to have a profit motive. Then also I have to have different insurance on my boat. I have to have a boat license. I have, you know, captain's license. I have to have a whole bunch of security, safety things. It's a completely different thing. Uh-huh. You know, we see a lot of people trying to call their hobby a business. You know, another great classic one is horses. Uh-huh. Do you have a horse to ride or are you like, you know, doing pony uh, visits for parties? Uh-huh. Those are business versus hobby. So I want you to think about that before you start. The question is this profit motive. The other one is, and this is just kind of a call out. The easiest way to turn a hobby into something you hate is to turn it into a business. (laughs) You know, so I see a lot of people. My wife has this one. She goes, you know, she's a baker. That's what she does. She just makes these really cool cookies and stuff. And she's like, I can sell these. And I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. And then you'd hate them. (laughs) Because the first time you go to sell and somebody's like, look, you messed up or something. You start hating your hobby. Uh Yeah, I see people, well, I do great jewelry is another common one, other things. Crafts. I'm going great. 
If you turn it into a business, be ready to hate it. Because even if you have the best business in the world, you're not going to love it at all times. And if you put it on the internet, somebody's going to have a problem with it. <laughs> what? <laughs> just just get a, call it out guaranteed. And now you put your pride and joy out there and they're having their fun with People it. People are stomping on it. Well, and, and like you're saying, it, turning it you know, into a business aspect, once you start getting those orders in, now you have expectations, you have deadlines, your you know, free time starts to diminish, your weekends go away because you have to you know, hit your target or you have to get this shipped out by a certain date to reach someone's birthday or anniversary. It's a gift that they're buying it for, whatever it is. Um, so yeah, I can, I can totally see how, the, how it, can, it can get squashed out by switching over. <laughs> yeah, and I think that, you know, so I can have a hobby of woodworking and I could sell a piece here or there just for the fun of it and not have a business. That's just kind of like, eh, you know, I sold one to my neighbor for 50 bucks. He liked it. That's fine. To the IRS, as soon as you go on that business side, you have to treat it like a business. Mm -hmm. and, and that means filing out on your taxes, usually on a Schedule C. Mm -hmm. You start talking about organizations, start talking about insurance, all that. You have to make that choice. And I, I bring up this hobby versus business because you can't pick both. Although Cody tried. <laughs> <laughs> tried is a balancing act. <laughs> you have to pick one because it changes the purpose. It also changes yeah. reporting all, and the structure and everything else. Now, I can actually have a, a, a hobby that's an LLC. Maybe I share a horse with somebody. You know, that, that structure just helps me share it. Uh -huh. That's not a business. That's, you know, we both ride the horse and we share. We don't want to spend a whole lot of money on the horse. Um, yeah. By the way. Horses are probably just as expensive boats in many cases. So that's why I use expensive hobbies to start. Does that make sense, Cody? It does. It does. So, you know, in, in following your dreams, identifying the right business, what are some suggestions you might give for the right steps to do that? Yeah. So a lot of people start off with, I want to run a business. Uh -huh. And the question I want, is, I want to be a boss, hashtag boss, life, whatever. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I want to be my own boss. I want to, cool. Then the question becomes, of what? And it goes downhill pretty quick um, because whatever happens is people just try a whole bunch of things, see what sticks, or they go on the internet and start spending their time way too much, either in classes or books and things. You know, I don't know if you've seen them, Cody, but the courses, these are seven can't miss businesses that you can mm -hmm. start tomorrow. Have you seen those? Oh, I've seen, yeah, a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. And what happens is you can get yourself in a little bit of trouble because you don't know what you, you know, where you're getting into all that. Mm -hmm. Let's start with the courses. Um, so Cody and I have both over time bought and sold things. And there's a common one right now, you'll see, how to do retail arbitrage on Amazon and eBay. Mm. Really popular. Essentially, here's how it works. You go to Sam's Club, you buy something, you put it online, you ship it out to the person. At a profit, yeah. hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. Used to actually work. There was somebody who did a great job of this before Ikea shipped. They actually used to ship out lamps. And they made a lot of money at it. Mm. Now everybody knows it's there. You know, they say, well, you can have an app. You can take your phone. You just scan. You could. Everybody knows that. So that business itself is run out. The other part of it is Amazon and eBay have rules against some of that. Mm. Amazon's gotten very strict on it. You know, and now that you want, they want to source of your items, all that. So now you've spent a whole lot of money to learn how to do a business that it is obsolete. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing. The, the people who make the courses and the, the, the books are making the money off the courses and the books. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, 
if, if anyone listens to the radio in their car anymore, you, every now and then you'll get that ad on the radio where it says coming to in the, coming to Savannah, Georgia. Like this insert a city name into whatever they're trying to sell in your town to come to their courses and learn about whatever it is. Yep. I mean, I'm not saying they never work, but mm-hmm. I want to pick an idea that do, that they're not advertising. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if they're advertising it, probably played out. The other thing is you'll, you'll get selection bias. So, hey, people, I want to be an influencer. That's a lot of work. And the yeah. amount of people that make success and make money doing influencer work, it's nobody. You know, it's essentially the same that are making money, at, you know, in Hollywood or NBA or whatever else. That, you know, it's a very limited audience, mm-hmm. but it's very popular because it looks easy. You know, I can get my ring light and set up and, I, you know, I'm an influencer 10 minutes later. That doesn't mean I'm making money yet. Well, it's it's the new rock star, the new, you know, baseball player, soccer player, basketball player. Like, it's a new thing kids want to do. What do you want? I'll be an influencer. It's like, well, okay. <laughs> yeah, and, and if that's your hobby, I'm yeah. okay with it. As a business, I don't know that I'd want to count my house payment on being an influencer. Mm. Now, by the way, some people do, and they're yeah. doing great at it. And I don't have those skills. It. You know, yeah. I can't dance, okay? I'm not doing a TikTok or whatever else. And- I mean, look, look at us. <laughs> right now <laughs> not the right people for this we're going to give you some advice maybe but we're not going to try to influence you in anything <laughs> yeah i am not hawking products here's how i get some shiny teeth as i sell yeah. it <laughs> so i'm going to go back when you kind of say okay follow your dreams figure out what you want to do to the basics basics in business is at the core you either are offering a service or selling a product mm-hmm. there's things that have mixed so like If I go to a restaurant, I do want service, but primarily they're selling food, a product. You know, if they have bad service, but great food, I'll probably go back. But if they have terrible food, I'm not going back. Yeah. doesn't matter how good the service is. So you have to think about which you you are as a priority. So let's talk about service businesses. The bonus of service businesses, entry is pretty easy for some of them. And, And in service businesses can go from anywhere from, hey, I'm detailing cars to doing tax returns. Uh-huh. And sometimes you need a certification, sometimes you don't, sometimes you need special training, sometimes you don't. But the bonus of a service business is you can scale it up over time. You know, so I, I found this great example the other day, driving through the driving down the road, and there's this van, and I'm not gonna say the exact name, but we'll we'll just kind of fudge it because I don't want to not give them credit or give them credit for mm-hmm. things I don't know. But it's a pooper scooper business. Mm-hmm. Okay. All this this person does. Is goes house to house and picks up poop. Okay. And by the way, they actually even will come in and do the kitty litter too. Yeah. And that's all they do. It is a brilliant business. They're number one at number two. <laughs> you got <laughs> it. Because here's the thing. You know, their cost to operate is a pooper scooper and some trash bags, a mm-hmm. little bit of gas, and they can be open. Mm-hmm. And I love that concept. And, and when people talk about, I want to start a business, my thing is, if you can find something that's dirty that nobody wants to do, that's a phenomenal business. There's always people willing to pay you to yeah. do stuff they don't want to do. By the way, taxes true. is the same thing. Okay, <laughs> I'm willing to pay people to do my taxes. But I don't want to do it. It's a dirty business. <laughs> um, but that pooper scooper business is a great example of you could start that business tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, you could just, you know, say, "Hey, I'm going to start offering it," and you know, cleaning services, you know, classic, whatever it is, power washing, house, you know, detailing, 
phenomenal businesses, good hourly rate that I can start with very low entry. Uh-huh. Downside is so can your competitors. Yeah, that's true. But not everybody wants to pick up poop. You know, one of my other favorite ones, this guy I met, he, he does great welding work, but he found out he can actually make more money welding dumpsters because they're always rotting. So he, hmm. he welds them and paints them. And he yeah. just goes on site to these places, doesn't have to be pretty, and just all day long welds and dump. And he's making more money than you and I combined, Cody, just welding dumpsters all day long. You know, it's because other people are like, oh, I want to do this pretty work. I want to do this, yeah. you know, a good business makes money. Well, it's and, not and, necessarily sexy. And just the last episode, we were talking about student debt and college and all that. I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, learn how to weld. There's good money in that. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I don't know if the pooper scooper business is making more or not. It depends on how they're hustling. But well, the fact that they're in business says a lot. If they're, you know, if they can make it through the first year or two, then hey, there must be a supply and demand for it. <laughs> yeah. So I want you to think about: Can I do a service? And services, by the way, what I always say is: What skills do you have? You know. So I've been working with people lately who, um, and this is kind of that crossroad between side gig and, and small business. Very popular right now to teach English as a second language. Yep. I've, I've heard a lot of people that. And do there's that. a lot of services you can do with and different things. And you can do it via Zoom from wherever you are. Uh-huh. And you can be set up to do that tomorrow. You know, whatever service you can do that other people don't want to do. Um, I want you to challenge yourself to find something you enjoy. Now, if you enjoy picking up poop, that's your thing. Um, <laughs> but really, what that person is enjoys money and being outside. Uh-huh. Then you can yeah. figure out the market that goes with it. Um, and by the way, keep in mind, you know, people are like, well, I want to create an app. Well, that could be a service or a product. So if I go back to my tax filing, I could actually do taxes for people or I can make an app that does it for people. By the way, that market's pretty well saturated, but I'm just uh-huh. using an example. And both of those are service business that I can work through. Does that make sense, Cody? It does. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. So is child-free family a service or a product? It would be a, well, uh, it's, uh, it's a website. So I would say it would be, um, that's a good question. It would be a service, I guess, because there's no physical product. It's, it's a website. Except unless I'm buying shirts, I don't know the products. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, there is an aspect to, to work with merch and, and all of that. So yeah, that, that would be a product. So yeah, that's what I'm mill the road <laughs> so here's the thing if you try to be both you can be you're gonna be neither uh-huh. you gotta pick one or the other of where you're making your money uh-huh. you can always do merch or other things random add-ons for you know products that add on that fit but what's your priority because that's where your customers are going to want to pay you money one of the things with websites people i started a website i have a business cool what are they <laughs> giving you money for yeah <laughs> and they're like uh well you know, people come to me, they pay for hours of my time. That's my service. I do financial planning. They pay me, you know, on a retainer hourly. It's very simple. I'm not selling products. My website's free, so no one's paying me for anything <laughs> anyway. Well, that goes back to the hobby or small business. I know, and we and I discussed that too. It's like, you know, it's 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 something that I, I just, I, I tell my wife, it's just a, an itch I had to scratch. I had I had to try it. I had to do it. And so here it is. Right. So let's say you keep going on the social network side, which is really mm-hmm. what you're talking about with the, with the map and all that. Mm-hmm. The service there, the way you make money is actually by selling ads to people that want to get to your customers. 
If you're one of my Facebooks free, it's because you're the customer. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're yeah. selling it. You, you, know, are the, you are the product for Facebook. You're the product, right. <laughs> There's service, but they're selling ads. That's a service, again, with the targeting in, in the case of social media. Uh -huh. The other side is a product. So we get a lot of people now that, you know, like, Etsy shops are very popular, although there are there's some issues right now with uh, Etsy and some of the fees they serve. But hey, I, I make you know I do woodworking, I do custom whatever, selling on, e on Etsy, very popular. eBay, Amazon, all those businesses. You're doing a product. Here's the thing on the products: if you have a great idea, good. The question is, what makes you special? Mm. And I know that's a little harsh, <laughs> but why is somebody if, if you're going to be on an internet business? Why is somebody going to go to go you over the other thousand shops? And that's part of it with the the service versus the product of child for family is that, you know, essentially if, if the website can essentially get paid for through, you know, selling merchandise, that's great. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I added a shop. It was kind of an afterthought. Once I had the website up, it's like, well, someone might want to buy child for merchandise because there was only really one other place that was doing that at the time. And so uh, it was uh, hashtag no kids, um, Lucas Cheney. So I actually reached out to Lucas and said, hey, let's combine forces here. I've got a shop. You've got a shop. Let's just create something. And we came up with buy child free, buy child free, B-U-Y child free, B-Y child free. And so from there, we took all of our designs. We put them in one place. And then we also have gone and had people come to us from other brands to list their merchandise on it as well. And so, yeah, like the, what makes our site special is that everyone behind the scenes of our merchandise is a child-free person or an entity versus um, a random Amazon or Etsy shop that has just some kind of catchy child-free phrase on it. They, they might not care about the lifestyle. They might not be even a part of the lifestyle. So that's kind of our, our little edge. And so I guess with that, it kind of dives into the, the power of, of a niche. We're going, to, we're going to come back to that in one yeah. second. I'm going to finish with the products. But let, let me pick into yours a little bit, Cody. So yeah. what you're really talking about is you have a social component uh -huh. that is driving people to your product. Now, I'm very interested. I don't know the answer to this. I'm very <laughs> Hopefully interested. Hopefully I do. <laughs> no, you might not either. I'm very interested to see if people still vote with their money, which is buying stuff, for social causes once inflation is really high. When they have less money in their pocket, yeah. they still go to social causes and spend their money. What do you think, Cody? It, I mean, it just really depends. I mean, it goes into like um, like the eco products, eco-friendly, green, friendly, if it's truly green friendly or not, depending on how it's made. Um, but, you know, is it worth more to buy that item if it is from recycled products versus just run-of-the-mill plastic or cardboard, you know, first time out of the, the gate? So um yeah those always cost more so it yeah the the green side of things will definitely show if that does happen yeah i'm all for you know doing things for causes and by the way we can talk about whether it's a business now or a nonprofit. and there are some combos uh weird structures but you need to think about what your primary purpose is mm -hmm. and, and that's where people get lost but let's go let, let's finish here on the product so okay great so you sell t-shirts you sell merch great well, the bottom line is you got to sell a lot of merch to make money. You do. So for anyone out there like, oh, I can make child for t-shirts. You can. The, the, the margin is like, like that. Like <laughs> you have to sell a lot of shirts and gear. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so here, here's the fun one of, of businesses. 
The way I look at a business, I argue you should apply what I call the McDonald's test. And here's how this works. If you could make more money working at McDonald's than doing that, you probably should work, go work at McDonald's. Now, Cody, I don't know what your area, but our area, McDonald's is like 12, 13 bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. How many shirts do you have to sell to make 13 bucks an hour? Uh, for, for a day? Oh, man. A, a lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I'm willing to bet you've never made that. You've never sold that. No, picture. no. I mean, I mean, it's, yeah, it would be astronomical. So I, I bring <laughs> up this McDonald's test because while a business is starting, okay, you can get away with saying, I'm investing in the business. I'm doing my thing. We'll, we'll debate if you're BSing yourself or not on that one. That's kind of like one of those. <laughs> but the question is, what is your hour worth? Mm-hmm. And too many business owners, when I actually have that conversation, they might as well just go walk, work at McDonald's. Now, if you're doing the business because you want it, because that's just who you are and you're willing to take less pay than McDonald's, that's your choice. But when I share that with people, they kind of freak out. What do you think, Cody? I don't freak out at all because, like I said in the beginning, it's it's why I'm doing it anyway. You know, I, I'm not making money. It's actually losing money, which I'm okay doing for a little bit longer. So <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> all right. Let's look, move on to talk about niche. Yeah. So we can, by the way, you guys in comments can fight over how you pronounce it, niche or niche. People yeah. fight all day long on this one. <laughs> the real thing is once you know if you want to do a service or a product, you got to figure out what your target market is. That's your niche. What's your corner? And I'll give you an example from my business. So I'm in financial planning. There are 80,000 or so active certified financial planners out there. So I'm not special. Um, I Well, I think I'm special, but that's a separate discussion. You know, my mom thinks I'm special, but no. <laughs> uh, um, so one of the things they look at in financial planning is they go, well, how are you going to market? If I market against everybody, I'm marketing against the big companies and I don't, I don't have that budget and I'm not going to get that. So I have to pick a, a, a niche or, or a corner of the market. The bonus of picking that niche is you can become an expert. in it. I'm a child-free wealth specialist. That's what I call myself. I focus on child-free. I'll help people if they have kids, but my focus is on the differences for child-free. What that means is I know everything inside out about finances and child-free. If you ask me the inside out about how to save your kids college, I can do okay, but that's not my area. When you focus on a niche, you actually focus there. And the way we say it in the financial world is if you don't have a niche, no niche means no referrals. And that's how you get business once you get going is referrals. You want people to go, you're child-free, you want, you're working on finances, I got the guy for you. Or whatever else, I want child-free merch, I know where to go for that. Uh-huh. Whatever it is. Because the challenge is people go, well, I'm starting a business. I just want any customers. Mm. You know, the joke is anyone that can fog a mirror. You know, if they, <laughs> if they have a pulse, I want them as a customer. I'll take their money. But that's not who I want to market to. So you need to limit yourself from day one. And that's hard. What do you think about that, Cody? It, it is. Well, I mean, for me, that's how I, I started right out of the gate is that. But um it, for a lot of people that are coming from a wider scope it, it could be hard to say that you know if you're again making jewelry or something if you want to focus on uh, a cause or um you know uh you know uh, something special to you or especially an animal you love horses and you want to do jewelry that has horses and that's it like that's your niche is horse jewelry 
Okay. People. <laughs> Cody, you're causing me pain. So my wife loves this jewelry shop made with molecules. And it's uh, it's on Etsy. I had to buy it for her wedding and all that. It's random molecule jewelry. Like okay. She wears estrogen and caffeine. I have no clue what the heck a molecule looks like, but my wife has a chemistry and biology background. So this person, that's all they do is sell molecule jewelry. But They're here's all the in. My wife can tell me, I want molecule jewelry. There's only one place I can go. I really can't screw it up. And it works. She's added more molecules over time, but <laughs> it works. You know, where if, you know, if it is, well, I want random jewelry. I have no clue what to pick. I'm sure you, are you a good jewelry per person, Cody? No, no. And well, and that's kind of the, 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 Father's Day joke of they get a tie every year because the kid's like, well, here's a tie, dad. Like, that's what you get. <laughs> yeah. So what I want you to do is once you figure out what your dream is, pick an itch. And then what you really want to do is picture your customer exactly. And by the way, people are going to push back on whatever niche you pick. Uh -huh. Just just tell you that. I, when I first started my business, I had people say, well, aren't you limiting yourself because you just help a child free? And I'm like, well, there's 11 million, 11 percent of the U.S. over 55 are child free. That works into 30 some odd million people. I can only handle max 100 people. I don't need that many customers. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, you do limit yourself, but you get the right customers. Uh -huh. And by the way, if you pick a niche and you pick the right one and it matches you, you get the customers you want to work with. That's true. So let's keep going. Let's yeah. talk about actually how we fund this business and start it. So we've got debt versus cash. So Cody, did you take out a loan for a child-free family? Did not. <laughs> your your wife would have killed you. If you I, well, and it, it goes against the old adage is use someone else's money. Like you go to the bank, you use their money versus your money. But <sighs> So, all right, this is one of my soapboxes. So I apologize. I'm a no-debt person by nature. That's kind of how I'm, I'm with you. planning. Every one of those courses and books is like, well, here's how you leverage 10x. Leverage like, debt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Here's the thing on debt. When you start a business, you're going to have to sign for it personally. You know, once your business is up and running, it might be able to have its own debt if it has collateral, a few other things. But you're a new business. You kind of need three, five years before anyone will actually give you a loan. So what that means is if your business goes under, which, by the way, they do. You now have debt from that business. Uh -huh. A common one I see this a lot is restaurants. Uh -huh. you know, I need a bunch of equipment. I take up $30,000 in loans. And if you haven't been in the restaurant business, they come and go all the time. Uh -huh. My favorite restaurants even disappear randomly. That's what I was about to say. It's like, we just think of your favorite restaurant and is it still around? <laughs> and then we get COVID when they're all shut down. And, you know, uh -huh. so my rule is only grow at the speed of cash. You need to have enough money to start the business. And if you're going to just jump to the business, you need to have money, enough money for your, your personal expenses, house. Uh -huh. Now, bonus, child-free couples, often we can do the Gardner and Rose approach where somebody takes a lead, somebody supports, works great, but your spouse has to be okay with you spending money in the business. Uh -huh. um, and you need to have a limit. You know, I'm going to invest... $20,000, $5,000, $500, I don't care what. And then once I start making money, I can invest back into the business. That's what you're talking about with child-free family. But I need to know what's going to come out of my pocket. Uh -huh. Now, 
The other one people go, you can get an investor. Well, here's the thing. Really what you're saying is, I don't have the money to do this, or I don't believe in my idea enough to invest my own money. Let me have somebody else do it. Mm-hmm. The downside is, you now have a partner. You have somebody that you have to answer to. Um, and if you just started the business because you didn't want to have a boss. Now you got one. <laughs> the old school is, you know, he who pays the piper calls the tune, mm-hmm. you know, or the one who has the gold makes the rules. Just kind of how it works. So you want to be thinking about that. Now, I, I did include in the blog post, the Small Business Administration might have some opportunities for grants. Now, grants are not loans. That's here, start something. Uh-huh. If you are a minority person of color uh, or specific uh, businesses, there are grants. They're very limited and they're hard to get. Uh, but you might get lucky or your community might have one. Uh-huh. You know, I've seen some, some things recently where people are trying to restart communities, you know, where like the manufacturing left, and they're trying to do tech or whatever else. They might give you a space or, you know, whatever it is. There are those opportunities, but that's not taking a loan. Uh-huh. The other one, and this is the most scary one, don't put your business on a credit card. Yeah. You know, the average credit card is about 16% interest and going up over the next year. And now you're on the hook for all that debt. Yeah. And you have an interest payment to go with it. What do you think about that, Cody? Yeah. Well, if you're someone out there thinking of starting a business and you've got your business plan, you know, Work on a business plan, first off. If you've got your business plan, see if your city has uh, SBAC, a Small Business Assistance uh, Corporation. And that's basically a bunch of retired folks that used to run businesses in some degree, and they're willing to help you start your business. And in my area, they actually have like a a contest, kind of like the the show Shark Tank. You go and you pitch your idea uh, in front of judges, and then they give out like a $10,000 grant. So again, as you said, grant, that's your money to put into your business for inventory or supplies or whatever it might be. Um, and yeah, so look, look in your area for a, a SBAC. Yeah. The, the other thing on, on the shark tank, a lot of people love that show. My wife does. <laughs> I, I, I gotta, gotta love hate with it. And, and part of that, who's your, who's your favorite shark? Uh, usually Damon, but you know, it depends. It depends on the week. I'm a Mr. Wonderful guy. I love Mr. Wonderful because he just like, he tells it like it is. <laughs> Yeah, and, and yeah, he always wants to take it out back and shoot it. That's his favorite. <laughs> but as with Shark Tank, you never know which shark you're going to get, and mm-hmm. you never know if they're going to be part of your business or not. If they're going to actually put time and effort in. That's and that's true with any investor. You go, well, I want a silent investor. Well, then that means they're not helping you. Yeah. And also it means you have to answer to them. And, and it gets sticky. Yeah. Um, it, it, it sounds good because they're taking more risk. But frankly, if you're not willing to take the risk on yourself, then you probably shouldn't ask them to take the risk. Well, the demand won't be diminished just because they're a silent partner. Like the demand will still be there <laughs> in some degree. Yeah. So let's move on to the next one. So I'm going to I'm gonna challenge Cody a little. The All days right. of creating a business plan, many of those are gone. Now they have a, a business mat and a few other things where you start just laying out the basics and creating what's called a minimum viable product. Mm-hmm. Just enough to get started. So we go back to that pooper scooper business. Uh-huh. I have a pooper scooper and a car. Now, by the way, we'll get to insurance. And, and, and a dream. 
<laughs> scoop poop. Hey, it works. I, it works. I, I'm not knocking it. And do scoop and poop in their area and make a million, and we're going to laugh. because we, We've got those in, in our, our town, and they've been around for years. So there's definitely money there. Yeah, there's some chains now. <laughs> Chain poopers, scoopers. But you want a minimum viable product. And here's the thing. You want to just get it out there. It's not going to be perfect. Here's what happens with business owners. We've now taken our, our love, our joy, our dreams, our goals, and put it into something. And eventually you have to actually like give it to customers and go, what do you think? By the way, that's hard. Uh-huh. Okay. There's no other way around it. You're like, oh, well, well, you know, so, so I'll give you my example. I, I personally struggle with my website. It's a, it's an ongoing struggle. I can't get it perfect. I can't get it right. I won't, I'm working with the wording. I'm, I, if I don't put it out there, I can't have customers. Yeah. You need to, at some point, put the product out there, let people react, fix it as you go. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's an, there's an interesting one in this one, new, new. So you hear a lot about machine learning and, and uh, artificial intelligence. Here's how they do that. The first product, they go to Amazon Mechanical Turk. Have you heard about the Amazon Mechanical Turk, Cody? No. This is just a whole bunch of people you pay to do work. Okay. So <laughs> if you like said, hey, I wanted to be able to look up things. You can mm-hmm. just pay people to look up things. So rather than writing all the code, you just go send this message to Turk. And then a human does it. But to the person on the other side of the app, it looks like they did it. Yeah. A lot of companies have done this where I don't have the code yet. So I'm going to pay a whole lot of humans to do it in the background. It's a minimum viable product. It looks like it works, but don't look behind the curtain. Yeah, yeah. There is no Oz. <laughs> so it could be for any type of product, a minimum viable. If you're going to do that jewelry business, you got a couple samples, uh, put it out there. You're making soap. There you go. <laughs> so what I want you to do is be able to take steps, not leap. So the scariest thing is you go like, screw it. I quit my job. I'm going to start a business tomorrow. Uh-huh. Well, here's what happens. You start the desperation roller coaster. You're like, I need business. I need business. I need business. And when you feel desperate, people feel it from you. And it's like that salesperson who really needs a sale. And you're like, mm, I don't want to deal with that. Uh-huh. That desperation gets that stink that people pick up on. You want instead to create a business and build it over time to the point where when you quit your job and go to the business, you've got enough income to cover it. So if I'm doing that pooper scooper business, I'm going to do it on nights and weekends while I'm doing my day job. By the way, it's going to suck. I'm going to have to work a whole lot of hours. A lot of hours. But once I have enough clientele to cover my salary or a good part of it, then I can tell my my, my day job, bye. And I just take a step into the business. I'm not taking a leap of faith. Mm -hmm. And and that's hard for people because if you get that entrepreneurial bug and you want to start something, you want to like just dive in completely. You want to do it. You got to do it. (laughs) That's all you can think about. Okay. And if you've ever run a business, if you're not constantly thinking about your business, you're in the wrong business. Like, like it's just part of everything. I was on a vacation this weekend. We went away to the beach and I'm still thinking about, I need to do this thing with Cody and where we want to, you know, and we're working that through. Well, you need to have enough support there so that you're not making a leap of faith. Does that make sense, Cody? It makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> the, the hard part is I've seen people spend years writing their business plan and never actually launch a product. Um. Like, well, it has to be perfect. No, it doesn't. Yeah. 
Yeah. There's always going to be bugs. And, you know, even with my site, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little slow because there's a lot of stuff packed in behind the scenes of making it work. But, you know, again, I'm not a huge conglomerate that has, you know, a server farm somewhere. So it's, you know, it kind of is what it is. It, it gets the job done. It might take a couple seconds longer, but, you know, it's, it's out there. <laughs> yep. Keep in mind, done is better than perfect. Mm -hmm. right, so business structure, let's dive into this guy. Okay. So if you decide to write, a, you know, you're going to work for Uber tonight, you just opened a sole proprietorship. Mm. Sole proprietorship just means me or Cody, we have our own business. Depending on the state, you may have to apply it for what's called a DBA, doing business as. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to be, you know, doing business as child-free family, I may need to file something with a local community or, or a state for that. But I can open a business tomorrow. Mm -hmm. That works for most people. The downside of a sole proprietorship is you and the business are the same thing. So if you're doing the pooper scoop business and somebody slip, slips in the poop and gets hurt, you're liable for it personally. Mm -hmm. That's why these things, these LLCs, limited liability companies, you may seem little liable. Corporations, there's, each state has its own little bit of uh -huh. that. It provides a little bit of protection if things go wrong. You can also have partners and multiple people in an LLC or sole proprietor. You know, like I own it. You know, like I'm a single member LLC. That's what uh -huh. I am. Um, here's the, the important thing. Once you file a paperwork, you need to treat that business as its own thing. It gets its own bank account, everything else. If you mix your money, they go, well, it wasn't really a business. Mm -hmm. It was just their own money. Now, from an IRS standpoint in taxes, they don't care. Sole proprietorship, LLC, it all goes to Schedule C on your personal taxes. Yeah. Not a big deal. And that's where it's muddied a little bit because the IRS is like, well, look, it, you're the sole proprietor. It's the business. It's your money anyway. So it's all one pool. But from a legal standpoint, there's a clear line drawn as long as you don't step over it and put your personal money into the business as a like a you don't have a bank account for the business you just run it out of your personal checking account that means your personal checking account is the business's checking account yep and, and depending on how risky your business is you might want to do more paperwork to protect mm -hmm. yourself that is true um you know an llc or sole proprietor you could go to your state of, secretary of state usually is who handles it fill out the form and be formed in a day or two. Yeah, and some some of them is no charge, some like 50 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever yeah. it might be. Each state has its own things. You could also pay for one of those legal services to help you with the forms that are done, or a lawyer. Uh -huh. Your choice depends on your willingness to take on some risk. Now, if you have that investor that we were talking about, or you start getting into more complex business, you start talking about S Corp and other corporation forms, you need a lawyer. Okay, that that you're not doing that yourself. You need somebody to, to weigh in in most cases. Um, and one of the things to think about as a business owner is, is my time better served doing this paperwork or my business? Yeah, that's true. You know, I'm a, I'm I'm a registered investment advisor, and part of that is a lot of compliance stuff with the state and file forms. Unfortunately, I have to do it because it's part of what I do. I'd love to just pay somebody to do it. You know, yeah. so you got to like. Find the balancing act. Um, as you look at business structure, the next one I want to call is partnerships. Now, here's the, the bad thing on partnerships. I really don't care about the structure as much in this one as the, do I have a partnership agreement that says, what are we going to do in case of the five Ds? That's disinterest, divorce, drugs, disability, and death. Because what happens is, if Cody and I start a business together, and then I'm like, nah, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> what happens? Yeah. 
What's the extra strategy? What, what's going on? Or I get divorced and my wife is like, Cody, I want that business. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know. Also, because you're child free, I had a sixth D diapers. Mm. Okay. If we if, if Cody and I start a business, we're both child free, and all of a sudden one of us has kids, and we yeah. were that could change everything. Free, folks. <laughs> yeah. I need to have a plan. Um, also, it changes you. So uh, partnerships, and we're going to talk about this next week when we get together to talk about uh, some structures. If you buy a house together, that's a common one. And then your roommate's like, I want to have three kids in the house. And you're like, yeah, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, though you need to have that. The thing on a partnership is, in general, I tell people to avoid them unless you absolutely have to do it. Uh-huh. I'd much rather, if it's my company, I am the company, I employ you. Because a partnership, now I'm in the battle, well, I'm making decisions or you're making decisions. I put in more, you put in more, I put in more every it's a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Cody? I mean, what you're saying rings true. Like, it, 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 it just, you can just search the internet or you'll eventually hear about it. Just go to Reddit and probably type in, like, you know, disaster business partnerships, and it'll probably pull up all kinds of stuff, and you'll get all kinds of stories. But, um, yeah, like, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, know who you're getting in bed with if you're going to go into business. The way they say it is there's only one ship that doesn't sail, and that's a partnership. <laughs> So let's keep moving. All right. So, Licenses and insurance. All right. Depending on what product or service you're selling or whatever it is, you need to figure out what requirements you have to match. So while you're at the, the Secretary of State filing for your LLC, ask them, do I need a business license? Do I need, you know, so I'm a financial planner. I have to do a lot of things to get registered and work this through. There's a lot of work on that. Mm. If you're doing the pooper scoop business, maybe not. If you're running a website, who knows? One of the other ones on that is zoning. So I used to live in Connecticut. You had to get a permit for any home business. So even if you like ran a website, so I sold on Amazon, eBay, you had to have a permit to do that. And I'm like, I have no customers coming. They're like, you still need the permit and they need to take taxes. Uh-huh. And I swear that's just a scam. <laughs> but now I'm here in Mississippi, meh, <laughs> whatever. Um, run your business. Yeah, they'll send you uh, literally a paper business license. Like this must be displayed at all times. And you're like looking around like, well, there's no, it's my house. Like no one comes here. (laughs) But that brings up the second part, which is insurance. Mm -hmm. Okay, so a lot of people don't think about this. But a great example is if I use my car for the business, I need different insurance. If I'm doing Uber, I need to make sure I'm covered for commercial use. Mm -hmm. I need a different policy or rider. I need to make sure I have the right insurance for my vehicle, my house. I might also need business insurance. Like for me, I have to have an errors and emissions policy. It's a million dollar policy. So if something goes wrong, I have, I have the coverage. You know, all of those have to be in place before you start digging in too far. And this is one of those things that, that's going to conflict a little with the minimum viable product. You got to have the license and insurance before you launch the product. So it is the one like roadblock a little yeah. bit starting the business. You might also have to get bonded. So for example, if I'm doing a cleaning service and I'm going to people's houses, I might need to be insured and bonded. Uh-huh. Bonded essentially means I put some money over there in case I steal your money, you can get it from them. Uh, contractor's another common one. What uh-huh. happens if I stop doing the job, you go to the bond and you get uh-huh. money out of that. Um, so you need to make sure you have the right license insurance before you start. Did you have to do anything for your website? Uh, not for the website, no. <laughs> Didn't expect it. Yeah. Yeah, unless you were in a high, you know, a high, uh, you know, like Connecticut, you would have had to have a, Permit just to 
even do it in your business. Mm. So let's keep going. All right. So when it comes to actually doing the business and finances, people com complicate things way too much. I recommend to everybody to pick up the book Profit First. And I can never get it right. It's Mike Michaelitz. Or it's, I, can, I cannot pronounce his name. Profit First is the book. Bottom line is you need to have the goals for the company. And then what he does, he sets up with multiple bank accounts, one for profit, one for operating, one for tax, things like that. So you can know what you're making and what you're not. One of the things he talks about is growing a business just to grow isn't making a profit. Mm -hmm. There are people that have been running businesses for a decade and never made a profit. That's true. Um, and they're like, well, I'll sell at one point. Maybe. Depends on what type of business it is. Yeah. There's a lot of, I've got friends who, you know, ran restaurant, restaurateurs and they would always say, it's like, well, yeah, it looks like the business is doing great. You're charging X amount for this. Oh, it's so expensive. But like the profit margin is so slim. Like, yeah, you're not really making any money. Yep. So the profit first book, that's a must read small book. Easy. It looks at saying, am I doing the right things? Am I paying myself first? Is the business making a profit? And it also provides a structure for basic, you know, account management or accounting of your cash. The thing I want you to think about is having some structure to know, am I making it? Uh -huh. Because at some point you need to make the decision of, am I going to keep doing this or not? That's a McDonald's test. The bonus of profit first, so you can look at your bank accounts and see what you're at. Um, you can do a lot of fancy accounting. Um, you can pay for accountants and CPAs, and then you can have charts that you don't understand. Uh, that's that's the unfortunate thing. I've, I've done a lot of accounting over my time because of what I do, but it's it's a challenge. And I've had people where, well, the accountant says I made money. And I'm like, your bank account says you didn't. Uh -huh. You can make a profit in one and not in the other. So you need to have a plan for the financial. And, the, and one of the key parts of that is taxes. So oh. <laughs> this is that problem of, hey, you know, I got a big tax bill at the end of the year. I hear it from Uber drivers all the time. I got a $9,000 tax bill. Well, did you pay estimated tax? They go, no. Did I have to? The answer is yes. Uh -huh. So you'll hear these as both estimated tax and, and quarterlies. It's not exactly on a quarterly basis because one, one estimated is after two months, one's four. IRS has to make everything hard. But you have to be making payments across the year for your income tax to both the feds and your state, if you have state income tax. And you as a small business get to pay also small business or, or self-employed tax. Congratulations. Yeah, you get to pay <laughs> both sides of social security and a few other things, but you have to be making that on a regular basis. If you don't, you can get penalized and interest tacked on to your bill. Uh -huh. Now, there's some funky stuff. Like if, if I sell a product and I make all my money in the last couple of months of the year, you can you know time things a little differently, but you have to be making these regular payments. And this one is very important for the side gig folks. Like, Oh, I got this, you know, I got paid from whatever that is. You got to put aside a percentage for the feds and for the state. Now I'm not going to use any specific percentages here because it depends on your different tax. everywhere. Yeah. Um, but you need to figure that out. Best way to do that. Look at your last year's taxes, get you an idea of what tax brackets you're in and what you got to pay, but you have to do that. The other one on taxes is sales and use taxes. Mm -hmm. So here's a really funky one. Normally, you got to uh, look at sales tax for the state you're in. So if I open a cupcake shop, I might have to have a sales tax where you take that money in and pay it out to the state, 
on every cupcake. Well, if I do an online product, so I'm Cody and I'm selling t-shirts, I have to watch out for what's called a nexus. Now, this is a really fun, weird, weird land. And certain states have said, well, if you're selling products here over a certain amount or money or numbers, and there's all different math, I want you to collect our taxes too. Mm-hmm. Which now means I'm making it up, but I'm in Mississippi and I'm now collecting Connecticut sales tax and shipping it to Connecticut and doing the reporting for it. And it's a nightmare. Luckily, if you're just selling on Amazon, eBay, Etsy, they usually do it for you. But you need to know what tax you need to collect and where you need to send it. Um, and by the way, if you don't send it, the states will come after you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there were some interesting cases of this recently. Um, there was a uh, PC manufacturing company, uh, parts and things. And the state was like, you haven't been collecting right taxes for years. Give us everything you sold over the past five years. And now we're going to go to all of your customers and say, you owe us tax. What a nightmare. Yeah. Okay. I think it's from, I think Wayfair is the company that kind of got that nexus kicked off. <laughs> yeah, that's the case that did it. Um, but what is all the states were like, well, I'm losing money because everybody's buying stuff online. Mm-hmm. You know, up until a couple of years ago, if you bought online, you probably didn't pay sales tax on things. And it's cheaper to buy online than buy local. So all the states are like, uh-uh, uh-uh, I want my money. Uh-huh. And you now, as a small business, have to figure that out. So, bottom line. <sighs> so should you do it? Mm. Um, <laughs> so here's the thing. Some pe- Running a business is not for everybody. If you wake up in the morning, you have ideas, you want to do something, you have a dream, you have that passion, go for it. Set yourself some boundaries of what you're willing to put into it, what chance you're willing to take, what you're not. And then try it. You know, set up. I make it up. If you want to say, hey, I want to put $1,000 into this business idea because I have to get my licenses and all that and try it for a year while doing my day job, you got nothing to lose. Yeah. If you're on the other side going, I'm going to open this restaurant. It's going to be $100,000 to open it. And I got equipment. Oh, no, no, no. We need a better plan for this. Uh-huh. Uh, what I do encourage people is, uh, Cody had already talked about one example, find mentors, find local people that can tell you, <laughs> I've been there. I've done that. It's been a mistake. <laughs> I hate to say it, but we often joke, find somebody with some gray hair because that's what happened is they ran a business and they get really lost it or whatever else. <laughs> um, you want some help. Um, I do work with small businesses frequently on the financial side. What I find is that people often have a dream. They're great at their craft, whatever it is. You know, they're great at welding. Great. But that doesn't mean they're great at running a business. Those are two different sets of skills. So you need to make sure you do that before you give it a shot. What do you think, Cody? I mean, that, yeah, nail on the head. It's it's one of those things that have the the passion and the the even the know-how to do something. If you have the knowledge to, to make something, a product or whatever it is, um, just be sure you know what you're getting into. You know, set the guidelines and, um, you know, have an exit strategy from the moment you have your your startup you know you you need to know what what's going to happen down the road if if you don't achieve goals in x amount of months or years you know what are you going to do next or if it becomes a wild success what are you going to do next i I think sometimes (laughs) wild success is harder to deal with than than failure but yeah yeah no i mean and the other part is you have to be willing to learn yeah i mean this this is this is quite quite a wild ride and you'll learn things that you never 
thought you'd have you dive into. And next thing you know, you're trying to figure out, you know, you're, you're working on welding services, but trying to figure out how to do social media marketing for it. You know, it's yeah. like, it doesn't make sense, but it no. does somewhere. <laughs> it, it, it all comes together somehow. Well, we're looking for uh, next week. We're going to have our episode 10. We're going to have impact of financial decisions for singles, couples and groups. So we're going to be talking about that. But if there's anything that you folks out in the audience want us to discuss, Put in the comments, give us an idea, you know, child free finances. What's what's, you know, something that, you know, you would like us to discuss uh, and always feel free to join in on that and just add it in the comments and we'll hopefully be able to get to that. Dr. J, is there anything that you want to talk about or plug? Yeah. If you're looking to start a business and you need a financial planner, <laughs> childfreewealth.com. I also do personal financial planning. Um, interestingly enough, when I work with people with small businesses, personal and business finances like start. I don't know, They're just all becoming one mush. So we have to make sure we have a plan for both as we work that through. Um, if you go to childfreewealth.com, you can learn a bit more. And also I do offer a no cost introductory meeting. So if you just wanna you know, bounce ideas around and see if that makes sense, it works. There you go. Well, thank you, Dr. J for your time. Thanks everybody for watching. This will be archived for the future. So if you're watching this uh, after now it's archived and we always do this live uh, and it's always fun to join in. So any comments, questions in the future, feel free to reach out. Dr. J, thank you for your time and everybody we'll see you later. Thanks. We hope you enjoyed this episode presented by Child Free Media Limited. To stay current with child free content like this, please visit childfreemedia.com and subscribe to the newsletter.